You're listening to the sensual sounds of Moon Poet and Whooping Cough. Coming to you from an apartment we pretend to co-own and a puppet who forgot to do an intro for this episode and now we're doing it three weeks later. <laughs> and welcome to the romantic gesture you were not expecting. The seven day fresh lobster pop-up market. The, the moral, moral obligation. obligation the they them podcast. And gentlemen, we are gathered here together to commemorate the death of Moon Poet, who has gone on to better things with this show. I fucking and has you. left the creative juices and happiness to me. <laughs> whooping cough. You know I hate you, right? <laughs> like you love me to death. <laughs> you trying to kick me off this goddamn podcast, even though I was the one who came up with it. As I remember. There was a, like, rainy day where we were both sad, and I was like, hmm, we should start a podcast about being non-binary. No, it was no, there, there wasn't a rainy day like that. It was, you, you were just like, hey, I want to use they, them pronouns, and I got that text while I was <laughs> in an airplane in Austin, Texas, flying back to Missouri, and I was like, oh, yeah. oh oh, that's cool, uh, cool, they, them pronouns. And then immediately I was like, the they, them podcast. The they, them podcast. <laughs> yeah, because for for some reason I was like, you know what, I can use my newfounded knowledge of my of one of my best friends to use it to, to start a business. Well, it's backfired now, I'm kicking you off the show, this is my show. Now. Yeah, Fuck yeah, that. I... I, I knew I shouldn't have trusted it. <laughs> Never trust anything, I say. Especially ideas that you come up with in Austin, Texas. <laughs> I, f- I feel like that's just a home of bad, bad juju. Yeah. <laughs> that was also just a weird day, because, like, Al and my, like, dysphoria had, like, synced up, so we were both, like, kind of dealing with the same thing. And I knew that I was genuinely... I queer, love I the, like... the syncing of dysphoria. No, it's so weird! <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that happens, but, like, like... With Al, I understand, because, like, mm-hmm. he'll, like, start bleeding or something like that, and, like, yeah. that, like, that triggers it, but, like, I uh-huh. don't bleed, so, like, where did the dysphoria come from, and why did it coincide well, with, like... Well, like, at least for me, I know that it's an emotional dip that happens at least once a month, that it, it isn't tied to something as physical as, like, something from the female body, but, like, I know that I have those type of dips, at least once a month, so. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever, like, timed my... Really? I should, like, just keep a schedule of, like, on a level like, from 1 to 10, how horrible do you feel today? When you live with someone that gets, like, actual periods, you kind of start to notice uh, rhythms and stuff, so. <laughs> you have a sister, but you've never oh, really noticed oh, shit. that, I no. bet. Like, oh, fuck, I did live with a sister. Yeah. What the hell? Why did that happen? 
<laughs> Why the fuck did you live with a sister? I don't know. It seems immoral now. Yeah. I feel guilty I, about I it. I don't know how I feel about our new setup. <laughs> about, like, recording this. Well, I feel like we can't touch knees anymore. So yeah, and we also can't do it on the couch because it's right next to the AC unit. And that it is would, accurate. Yeah, you would, would be not hot. be. Yeah, oh, yeah. Fuck. You wouldn't be able Although, to hear honestly, us. like, most of our, like... <laughs> like episodes had the like wee, 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 yeah wee, yeah off on the back there's always like, some like weird white noise in the back production value we have decided to become professional roommates, <laughs> roommates. <laughs> we have invested money in this thing <laughs> into becoming and professional roommates all right so uh-huh <laughs> what's the topic for today antonio I mean, Full today. <laughs> uh, whatever. Like names are names are names. And the topic for today is dysphoria at work. Ooh. Ooh. I guess we this should. episode is sponsored by the letter D. <laughs> In your A. <laughs> I knew you were gonna take it there. It was D for dysphoria, fucker. Not D for dick. D only means one thing. Anyway. Um, I guess we should talk about, like, what work we've been doing and why we decided to talk about this. Yeah. But, like, yeah, no. Um, Do you want to go first, Beyonce? Yeah, I I can go first, especially because, you know, I I rarely talk on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, What I was saying about my, like, no, keep going. (laughs) Uh, What I was going to say is, like, I've been doing a lot of work as... An RA and a camp counselor. Uh, the past two and a half years, I was an RA, and then this past summer, I was a camp counselor for a camp that lasts uh, three weeks. And it's it's an amazing camp. It's it's for really smart middle schoolers, and they're they're Xavier's school for the gifted. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and. It's like I was teaching creative writing. I was hanging out with a, with some good friends of mine, uh, teaching this, and like the professor who was uh, leading the class was amazing. So overall, a really good experience. the The main thing with like, especially that month was that I got the worst bout of dysphoria I've ever had, and it was kind. It was very unexpected. But we can go more into that. Let's talk about your jobs. Yeah. So this summer, I, like, strictly speaking, had four jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, uh, I was a boat boy, boat boy, boy, in heavy quotes. Boat but, like, boy, but uh, B-O-I. Boy. 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 Um, I, yeah. I was a boat boy and a um, server at, uh, like, Thousand Hills of, like, State mm-hmm. Park. Um, it's a really beautiful place. It was really, really fun. Like, I thought that I'd hate the fuck out of being a boat boy, because it's, like, carrying, yeah. like, kayaks and canoes and shit and, like, stuff like that, and I have no upper body strength. Then I got better as time went on. But, like, at the same time, I'm not built for that shit. I can pretend as much as I like that I like the summer, but I literally got a rash. And also have a That's line. called a sunburn. <laughs> no, also, can we talk about, like, how fucking weird it is that I, like, my tan line gives me dysphoria? Really? Like, are tan lines gendered now? Because that's problematic, and I don't like that. I've never had issues with it, uh, but I've lived my entire life with, like, tan lines. <laughs> so yeah. I'm a vampire. I never have tan... Well, I, like, I usually do a little bit on the back of my... It doesn't matter. Anyway, I was also a... Um, 
a server at the restaurant. Um, and uh, holy shit, never tipping less than 20% ever again in my entire yeah. life because that shit's hard. And then people will order like a $60 meal and give me a $2 tip when yeah, I make barely 3 25 yeah. an hour. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, I also uh, worked in uh, a, like a writing center, like a tutoring center um, at uh, Truman State where we went yeah. to college. And uh, I also was editing a friend's mom's uh, dissertation. Each one had a different level of like how out I was to everybody. Because like, yeah. um, like, I don't think that I'm out to my friend's mom. I don't think it's Al's mom. Like, Al from yeah. the last podcast, who is famous now. Anyway. Who is um, now trying to replace me. Yeah. And and then you have to change the podcast name. It can't be the They Them podcast. The They He podcast. The They He podcast. Which I understand. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as dynamic. No. Mm-mm. Like, I was out uh, in the writing center, um, but I definitely wasn't out in, like, Thousand Hills at yeah. all. Um, like, I mean, like, I tried to keep it, like, sort of a secret that I was gay, which I don't know why, because, like, literally nobody gives a fuck, mm-hmm. but, like, um, but, like, that came across immediately, and everybody suspected it, as they have my entire life. Yeah. I, something I was gonna mention is one of the main differences I feel between the things that we've done is, like... I've I all of my jobs that I've been doing recently have been connected to somewhat to the academic world and uh in a lot of senses that has it's become more it's become more of the norm to try to be as inclusive as possible in, in academia. Of course, we're talking about like Missouri in a liberal ish school in Missouri uh, in other places I'm assuming like there there are other universities that aren't as pushing for progressiveness as we were the liberal but, agenda yeah but uh, like I remember when I was in RA training and stuff that was a thing that we were starting to do a lot of asking for people's pronouns like especially yeah. when no, when you're introducing thing yourself to residents and everything and that was something I even brought um, myself uh, when I was working at the summer camp and that's that's something that really surprised me with the kids was there are some kids who are in middle school now that understand that better than adults that I've talked to like there are some kids that are just more understanding of using the correct pronouns trying to be like trying to be as uh what's the right word for it um thoughtful about it like as as caring about it as using the correct pronouns for any other person especially yeah so yeah oh i don't know if you know this but like um when i first moved into the rama when you were my Mm -hmm. rasa whatever yeah um and we started going around with, like, pronouns and sexuality and stuff like that. Like, I... Like, we didn't go around with sexualities, but we did for sure. We kind of did, though. Did we? Because I remember that everybody was, like... Because I remember being, like, I'm Antonio, I'm bisexual, and uh, my pronouns are he, him. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, which is not the... I'm pretty sure I didn't ask for sexuality. I think it just happened. I think it just happened. But I definitely remember saying my sexuality. Because I didn't really, like, I didn't, like, I knew what non-binary was, but I didn't, like... Like, I hadn't thought about it enough to think that, like, oh, maybe this applies to myself. But mm-hmm. that was probably the first time that I came out to a, like, group of people about my sexuality, even. Mm-hmm. And that was just, like, a good feeling. Like, yeah. it was, yeah. Yeah, because it was kind of your first step into a community, and you're already, from the get-go, being open yeah. about what's happening. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's something that should be, hard, like, done more not only in that academic kind of area, but also in other jobs. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel... But the thing is, stuff like in the service industry, it's... I I feel like people give less of a shit when it comes to that. Yeah, no, they don't. Um, And when you're a minimum wage, worthless worker, you don't get the dignity to choose what Mm -hmm. people think of you like yeah I, I don't know like at this point like sexuality like people were just like yeah i don't care that's fine and like that's okay but like something like gender is something that's just like in your face all the time which is why it's so hard to come out as trans yeah um to anybody like and a lot of times you don't have to it, it also like it also really depends on where you're living and everything going back to that because there are a lot of cases where people have come out as trans and like their their place of business can fire them for yeah. that like mm-hmm. it's it's not something that's completely safe to do no and outing other people and having like i had a couple of instances of people outing me um as non-binary at work and it just kind of like because there were, like, there were only a couple of people that I told that to. And I didn't really tell them... Like, I, I did tell them mm-hmm. that I used they, them pronouns. I never really enforced it that was much. It, was it but. people that you worked with? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because I was like, I can't think of... No, like, it was people that I worked okay. with. Like, at the restaurant. But, like, it wasn't... Like, it wasn't a bad thing. It was just kind of like, ah, like... I'm already kind of a terrible worker. I don't need to add that complication to things. And, like, it's yeah. sad that I had to feel that... Had to like feel that I didn't way. deserve to be gendered correctly because I sucked at my job, but yeah. I did kind of suck at my job. So, but that uh, it doesn't mean that you that like people can disrespect you yeah. uh, because you you're not as good at your job as other people. Yeah. But honestly, I also think like you were wedged into a really bad place at that point. Like it, it wasn't necessarily the the most premium spot for you so yeah it was kind of not super forgiving and i have a terrible memory yeah but that's that's all right it's okay so like i remember that when the camp started actually at the camp that i was working at there there was me and there was one other uh gender queer person who also used they them pronouns and we had a couple of kids at the camp who had their own gender, uh, who were also, like, queer, gender queer on a spectrum and everything. And that, w- that was interesting because we, we had to talk about them. We had to, like, talk about using the right pronouns and everything. And it, it was maybe the second or third day of the kids being there. And it was...
it was like maybe a week after we had started working there or so that uh the other the other person and I were just like yeah we use they them pronouns please use them it makes us sad if we don't hear them and like especially when we're dealing with kids of that age group some who don't care like mm-hmm. some who don't like they they don't care about what the right pronouns are what like why there would be different pronouns or anything like that but uh so so at least having a group of people around your age that is using the right pronouns for you it it keeps you going it like it makes sure that there is some some kind of like energy for you of being like oh this is a safe place i can I can just be myself uh, with and stuff, so. Yeah. No, and the service industry where you are the face of this business. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I don't, like, I remember that, like, Robin, my boss, would, like, uh, she, she gave us, she, we had, like, this like, meeting, uh, and it was, like, I know that a lot of you could not care less about this job, that this is mm-hmm. not your job, but like for me this job means the world, because yeah. this is how I make my income, and you are the face of this job, so you have to put on a face that you care about this job, and I think it was sort of directed at me, because I like I kind of have this like air of not giving a shit about anything, Yeah, and I don't mean it, like I gave a shit because it was my job and I needed money, and they paid me shit, mm-hmm. but like um but yeah, I like part of what that entails is the fact that my job has power over my hair. Yeah. And to reference the beautiful lead singer of the Lady Gaga album, Born This Way, like I'm as free as my hair. And like yeah. I like even right now I, I don't feel that my hair is completely free. And like that's literally a goal of mine. Like I want to get somewhere in my life where I am free to do whatever the fuck I want with my hair. Yeah. Because I don't want to do normal shit with it. And I felt like I had to keep it, like, clean and short. And I got this haircut that I hated. Because it was mm-hmm. just, like... It was just really male. Yeah. And, like, I like I pretty much spent the, like, first, like, week just, like, everywhere. It was like, oh, it looks great. And I'd be like, I feel uncomfortable in this haircut. I don't like it at all. Um, and, uh... So, like, I started out the summer with my hair, like, bleached, like, intense blonde. Mm-hmm. And I really, really like that. I'll probably do it again. But then I like it went to like a dark fucking like purpley red, and then I like bleached the underneath, so it was kind of a yeah. lighter red. And then I bleached my eyebrows, which made half of them fall off, which made me look like, so normal. I usually <laughs> like I I love the things you do with your hair. The bleaching the eyebrows thing was a little too far, because especially like I remember I had I was on one of my nights off. And, like, we were hanging out, and I think Stephanie pointed it out to me. I looked at you, and I was like, oh, I knew there was something weird. And, like... There was something off about something you. Something that made me feel uncomfortable. I also have really intense eyebrows, so... Yeah. Like... At least they've grown mostly back. Yeah. I still have to kind of pencil them in a little bit. But, yeah. like, yeah. No, half of them, like, literally, like, I, like... Like, I bleached them off, and I was like, this is so cool. I am Lady Gaga from, like, I am the Countess. Like, it'll be great. Uh-huh. Um, and honestly, like, with certain makeup looks, it works super, super well. So, like, if I do it, which I probably will, because, like... Of course. Um, I think... Like, this is the problem. I don't learn from my mistakes. I'm like, I'll do it better next time. Yeah. 
which I do, and I believe in myself. But um, <laughs> that's why you kept going to roller skating, and I stopped. <laughs> it's and a now it's a I good am a representation. Roller skater. Oh, so you were talking about the fact that you had one of the worst like dysphoria, yeah. like episodes of your life. Uh huh. Um, yeah, just talk about it. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's kind of weird because I like. I, so, it was during the first week of camp. It was maybe halfway through the first week. I was still getting to know the kids. I hardly knew any of their names. And, and like, we were, we were just... It was starting really good, though. Like, we were having a really fun time. And uh, there, there were three counselors in, the, in that class period just hanging out and working. And... Then I get hit by the biggest wave of dysphoria, just like I, f- and it was a lot of bottom dysphoria. Like I felt like the entire bottom of my body was carved out uh, by like a ravenous raccoon family, and like it, it felt like there was nothing there. Like I could feel a breeze almost from just like the lack of feeling. And I, I, I was working, and then I just slumped, I like hard on my chair, and I and I couldn't focus on what was in front of me. I couldn't listen to the professor. My brain just glazed over completely, and unfortunately, like the, the I I love that camp. Like I went there as a kid. It was it was a fantastic experience, but like my mental health kind of waned while I was there mostly because of the fact that like I had zero time to myself like I had no time to just sit in my room and process things and that was the one thing that like my my boss was like my bosses were really good about was uh i talked to them about it i was like i've i had really bad dysphoria this past week and also my my brain isn't working and they were just like take uh, take a couple of hours off take a breather get away from the kids like you need this time for yourself no matter how like how much free time you've already taken this week like it's important and that that's the one thing like they were really good at watching their pronouns and uh i I, i've been getting much better at enforcing them and i think that's something that we should talk about more but with with that specific bout of dysphoria i remember kind of freaking out because i didn't want it to be the kid's fault like that and like it's it's not on them that i was having that and i i thought about it and it really wasn't that and i i couldn't really put a finger on what had happened and that was one of the most annoying parts of it because i i and of course dysphoria like it's not like you can always trace it back to something but if you can it it's just so much like there's a peace of mind that comes to it because you can easily just try some other things, try some coping mechanisms to to help along with that. But I was at a summer camp where I had to keep doing my job and I essentially just pushed through. I did. Immersive. Yeah, I, I did what I had to do and 
the the thing uh, I think honestly like it had to do with the fact that for maybe two or three months I hadn't had serious dysphoria like I had a little dysphoric moment here a little dysphoric moment there and that it w that was odd for me because I'm used to kind of regularly at least once a week or once every two weeks something kind of more serious of just like oh this is quite intense dysphoria and in some senses I feel like it built up over some time it it must have been because of the busyness of graduating or or something I don't know but I like it was gone and then it just hit me in the worst time possible uh, but you know like the the only pleasures that you get from from like the only things that you can do are small things when when it's when you're that busy because that like that night I talked to one of the other counselors that I was working with and I was like I had this really big thing in class I didn't tell you guys about it because I don't want you guys to worry about me I'm fine and then that's when I helped you pay your bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was a good day all around. Yep, I ran out of money and needed to pay my water bill because they were going to shut it off. It was a good time. <laughs> it was a good that, time. That also, like, I feel like my job didn't trigger my dysphoria as much as I thought it would because mm -hmm. it just kind of shut it off. And, like, um, like I, it felt like a performance. Like, yeah. I, like, I'm performing male so that I can just get money and then I can go home and be myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I like I could at least have that like respite of like going home and being with people that know who I am and what yeah. I am like and I didn't have to pretend to be anything else and we also had this like podcast going for a little while and yeah. like it was a good outlet that I feel like I'm like doing something towards um, this but like realizing that I was as financially unstable as possible that I had to like ask you for money to pay my fucking water bill and like I'm still super in debt to you right now like <laughs> and like it's, we've talked it's about fine. this like it's it's gonna be okay it's fine. I don't care honestly I kind like, of knew this was gonna happen because right now I have like I, I don't have a security net yeah. and I'm so glad that like you're here to help me <laughs> not drown but like um realizing that I was like killing myself for this job and like getting like tan lines and like a rash and uh -huh just so stressed out all the time about how terrible I was doing and so terrified that they were going to fire me and they were giving me less and less hours and stuff like that and like yeah. couldn't make my water bill like couldn't buy anything fun like I bought some restraints yeah. and that was the only fun thing that I bought the entire summer yeah. which like it was fucking and I, fun and I feel like for you that that tends to also be a way of release is at least buying like some fun things here and there to to kind of just like express yourself in a way that you you couldn't before yeah so mm -hmm. no i like i i really 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 want to get to the place, place where i'm more financially stable. but like yeah realizing that i was killing myself for a job that wasn't even paying my like basic utilities mm -hmm. let alone living me letting me live comfortably yeah um and like not letting me like dye my hair the way that i wanted or grow it out the way that i wanted to yeah. or like save up for surgeries or like um, or, like, if, if I ever had, like, 
a cold or something. Not not a cold, but like something like appendicitis or something like that. Like that was mm-hmm. gonna sink me forever. And it's still kind of maybe not. Like we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully I don't get appendicitis. I really don't want appendicitis. But like um I hope you I don't, don't know. It was just appendicitis. <laughs> that would be scary. But like realizing that I am very <coughs> unstable. Like on one hand it feels really punk rock. Mm-hmm. Because I I feel like Fuck yeah, like, I am on my own now, like, I'm making my own decisions, I'm taking my life in my own direction, and I am, like, I'm doing well. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm taking steps to becoming someone who is free to do whatever they want with yeah. their hair. And, um, I, like, but, like, at the same time, like, I was living in Kirksville in the middle of the summer, when a lot of times, like, you guys would fall asleep at, like, 10.30, and, like, after 10.30 is when I get serious, like, depression and anxiety and huge anxiety attacks and stuff like that. And one of the things that I did to help with that, because I, like, one night I was, like, walking back home, and I just, like, like, um, like, I I keep my headphones on at all times whenever I'm walking just so that I don't have to hear myself think. Yeah. Me hearing myself think sucks. Like, it is so painful. And uh, so it's just, like, born this way, like, full blast all the way through and like I got home and then I realized that I could not go back inside like mm. I just I could not go back inside I needed to stay outside so I like kept listening to Born This Way and I think I listened through the entire album like at least once or twice yeah um and um I was like desperately trying to find like grinder hookups so that I could at least be with somebody and like uh huh um I, I don't know it was just like I needed to be outside for a really long time. And then eventually I just, like, fell asleep on my porch, like, looking up at the stars, which is really romantic, but it wasn't fun. Yeah. Like, if I had done it because it was something, like, whimsical or whatever, like, that would have been great. But I did it because my apartment gave me a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and b- because there are mirrors in my apartment, and there's clothes in my apartment, and there's, like, there's my life in my apartment that I feel so, like... Like, I'd look around and be like, I'm paying for all of this. I can't afford to pay for all this. Why did I stay here? What am I doing? Why am I here? Why am I not? Like, I don't know. I don't know where else I would be. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. It was... um, So I started a, like, YouTube channel filming myself during these mental breakdowns. Um, And I got, like... It wasn't that many videos. It was, like, three or four videos. Yeah. um, Up online... Um, and at first they were on the channel that I came out to everybody on. Uh-huh. Um, but then I moved them over, and then I just deleted them, and the channel doesn't exist anymore. Because I don't, I don't want to be the mental breakdown person. Like, yeah. as much as those mental breakdowns helped me, and I felt better after, like, putting it out on the internet for random people to see. Uh-huh. Like, I just... I can't. There's something really that. cathartic about being... About just, like recording yourself in that way and getting something out so so i i think there's something there for you the the thing that does trouble me is the posting it and and shit because like you never know how that's gonna affect you later so i don't know yep but yeah I'm sorry that, that, like, we always went to sleep <laughs> when when you were having your worst times. It's okay. And eventually I think I adjusted to that and started falling asleep really early, too. Yeah. But, 
Yeah, I just... You were working uh, quite a lot, though. Like, I wouldn't understand why you wouldn't be physically tired enough to to fall asleep, but... Because I don't like sleeping at night. I like... Yeah. I like adventures, and I like things giving me incentive to not sleep. Uh-huh. And I don't like the daylight. Yeah. So, if I can sleep away the daylight, that's great. Yeah. Because I feel like I don't fit in. I feel really uncomfortable. Like, my clothes are too hot. I just feel out of place. I feel really uh-huh. weird. And, like, at the nighttime... Like, I can be this punk weirdo, and, like, that fits in. Yeah. But, yeah. I also just like the nighttime. <laughs> just See, at that point, I was going to sleep around midnight, and then, uh, like, falling asleep at around midnight, and then waking up at exactly 5.55 every morning. And that, like, really fucked me up, because I... I didn't get that much actual physical rest, so like it it was just like blech, blech. and then children, children, which I really like. Once again, I really there were some of them, especially the queer kids, that were just like so. It it opened me up to feel happier about the future. Because I was just like, ah, oh, the future's kind of fucked because, like, look at who our president is and just, like, ev- like I don't... It, it's not like these kids are learning in school about queer people or anything like that. Like, it's it's not like it's been drastically changed from yeah. how Nobody it was when, it, when we were a kid. Yeah. yeah, like, when we were one kid, I said. <laughs> when we were a kid together, you and me, it hasn't changed since then. And and then we became different people. But, you know, that's okay. Uh, it's like the the Gemini twins or whatever. Um, <laughs> my, uh, but the, the going back to what I was saying, it, I don't know how they, they're learning about these things, but they are, and it's amazing because they're figuring things out about them about themselves at a point that like that it's so important to do it because middle schoolers like I remember being in middle school and not knowing who I was and just like grabbing on to anything to give myself an identity and everything I'd be like oh I like this music let's make this my identity let's make that my identity and everything and then and then there's just kind of an emptiness that comes from that. But being able to explore yourself and be like, oh yeah, I am fucking bisexual. I'm this other thing, whatever. And you like start building from that age on of just like kn- knowing that intrinsic part of yourself. Like there is so much possibility for growth from mm-hmm. that point. Yeah, no, and I harbor a lot of bitterness against my, like, younger self for not having explored this shit earlier. Yeah. Because now I have to deal with it, and I feel like now I have to fight back against that, like, 15-year-old self, because I hate that 15-year-old self. And I, like, I feel like I'm intolerable because of it, and Mm -hmm. I have to curb so many tendencies that I have, and, like, just food. Don't know what to do with that, and I don't know, yeah, I, like, I don't know. I would definitely punch my 15-year-old self in the face for what they've done to me. Yeah. But, I don't know. Um, I'd punch a, I'd punch mine just because I think it would, it would be funny. <laughs> yeah. 
N- now that I'm in grad school and everything, I like the main thing that I want to do is go in swinging and be very upfront about my pronouns and everything. And I've gotten better at it. Like if it wasn't for my partner defending me for uh, like over a year, uh, I I don't think I would have the the like force that I do now to 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 call it out as yeah. often as I do. Um, I and like I remember during camp, the other uh, gender queer person came up to me during this day that we were just sharing nice memories about each other. It was called Warm and Fuzzy's Day. It was a good day. I loved that day because I got to hear all good things about me. All good things. All good things. So, but it, like honestly, I, I, I when we had to leave the camp, I was just like, there. If there's one thing that I want to stay for the rest of the existence of this camp is warm and fuzzy day, because like I don't remember having that as a kid, and that would have just made me a much better person. I feel like, but um, this person came up to me and was just like saying that. Uh, they were just like really happy and inspired by the fact that I that I policed my pronouns and that I would correct people uh, about them and I had to be honest in the way of just like that's a very new thing for me like I don't necessarily always do it and I'm just I'm starting to get better and it's it's a reflex that you just get better at like you have to practice it and you have to be okay with like coughing and being like they them <laughs> and just like or restating the same phrase but with the correct pronouns and and stuff so no can we talk about just like how great Stephanie has been yeah for like both of us yeah of just like being because it's it's hard when it's just like when it's other people and you like correct their pronouns you're like yeah i'm helping them but like mm-hmm. when you do it you feel like an asshole about yourself yeah and, like it's you're not being an asshole for like correcting people yeah you're pronouns. you're just being yourself but it does it does feel like you feel bad about it because you're it feels like you're endorsing them to misgender other people as well and yourself mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you're endorsing it, and that's not okay. But, like, having people like Stephanie, who so, like, police people's <laughs> yeah. pronouns, and, like, <laughs> and to the point where, like... care, like, that, that the conversation is gonna stop, like, yeah. like uh, she just goes yeah. and, like, uh, they use they, them pronouns. <laughs> stop. <laughs> <laughs> and and we'll continue doing it. Like, it's, yeah. it's not the... Uh, like, usually what I'll do is... Someone says the wrong one, and I'll be it's they them, and then yeah. it, it, they use my wrong pronouns again, and I'll be like, "Well, yeah. all right, that's yeah. <laughs> that's fine." I but think, yeah. Stephanie does it continuously; like she will not stop. And like it's so. to the point; like she polices it so much that it's to the point where like she and I have had this conversation like several times, where like mm-hmm. I like I'm pretty like fairly comfortable with all pronouns. Now I'm not. Like, yeah. Any pronouns that somebody uses on me, like, it's fine. No, I'm not. The thing is that I know that people will default to he, him. Yeah, you better not. <laughs> and that's not what I want. I would just prefer, like, an even distribution. But, like, 
A, that's confusing for most people. And, yeah. Like, all people. And just, like, trying to, like, decide, like, oh, is this one... Just, like, a little toss of, like, which pronoun we're going to use. Yeah. Like, I don't know. But um, Stephanie was, like, but, like, it does bother you. Like, he you know, it was just, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I guess. So, like, that was one of the things that, like, pushed yeah. me over the edge of just being, like, I'm just they, them. Like, you're not wrong when you use they, them. You're sometimes wrong when you use he, him. You're sometimes mm-hmm. wrong when you use she, her. Like, yeah. It's just, like, gender-neutral pronouns, like... Yeah. Know, when she defends me, mm-hmm. then I, like, feel defendable. Like, yeah. I, like I'm worthy of being defended. Defended, like, yeah. Okay, cool. No. It's more about, like, she wants to know what will make the people around her the most comfortable and uh, be open to the things that are around her. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's that's where she she does tend to just kind of want a more direct answer but yeah yeah at least in my case she was right uh-huh sexuality versus gender um like i noticed very much like when i first came into working at the boathouse i didn't want to make a big deal out of it because i knew that i was going to be working with a lot of republicans and i was just kind of like yeah scared for my life because like just overhearing at the restaurant some of people's conversations i would just be like mm, want to throw a dish at you but like people like, I didn't really make that much of my sexuality. And, like, I like I would get a lot of people who would, like, come to me, like, 50-year-old guys, like, the entire summer who would just be like, oh, you have the greatest job in the world. You're out here with the sun and the beach and the, like, beautiful girls in bikinis. And I'm just like, do I look straight to you? Like, <laughs> do I look like I Do you think I care about uh, girls, and girls in bikinis? bikinis? Also, like, it's just kind of chauvinistic, and I don't like people being treated that way. Like... Did you hear the way that I pronounced bikinis? Bethany's. No, I said bookweenies. Bookweenies. I am the bookweenie. <laughs> but, like, yeah, no. But people kind of immediately... Like, I also had bleach blonde hair and, like, yeah. were, like cut off really tight shorts. Jean shorts. And uh, Oh, those were the days. Those were the days. I'm wearing them right now. But, um... But... Yeah, so, like, it was pretty much, like, the second day that, like, Nate had me in the mule and was just like, I was wondering if you were gay. And I was like, yeah, yeah, dated guys. Mm-hmm. Like, sort of pan, but, like, yeah, way more to that side. Like, way more to that side. I don't know. It the, just made people, like, people people were really, really comfortable about it. And they just really genuinely didn't care. The, like, issue also came up there where, like, uh, where they're like, oh, you're not, like, one of those gay guys. And yeah. I'm just like, first of all, not a guy. But, like, second of all, like, I are, what are they talking about? Like, uh-huh. super femme, like, gay guys? Like, that's usually that's what I, that's usually or, what like, I feel. the people who are people super, are. like, pride flag and stuff, which, like, I am. But, like, uh-huh. I was at work and, like, with a bunch of Republicans. I'm not gonna wear yeah. a fucking, like, pride flag. I'm, I'm assuming it's more on the femme side than, yeah. than the, like, pride flag side. Forcing yourself to be palatably queer... I was gonna say I was gonna say something about the what we had mentioned before about sexuality and gender and in like I I remember that sexuality in kind of the workplaces that I've been also didn't really matter like it wasn't a huge deal but there were some people who kind of made it a bigger deal especially those who don't necessarily agree with like homosexuality and stuff like that uh but i i i've never felt 
the need to talk about my sexuality in the workplace due to anything. Like, I've, I've never been like, oh, uh, just so you know, I'm demisexual or whatever. Like, I'll, I'll just be like, oh, I find that person attractive. I find this person attractive. Like, no matter the gender, like, blah, blah, blah. And that's who I am. Like, I, I've never felt like I needed to actually say the words to do. But uh, unlike the, the actual, like, I need to say the word gender fluid. I need to say gender queer I need to say the pronouns and everything because I I feel like those things are less like for a lot of people there's less understanding of what it is and like giving it a name giving it a description and everything helps mm -hmm. so yeah I always feel like I have to like I don't even have to come out about my sexuality which is really funny because usually it's the other way around. Yeah. Um, but, like, I just, I have, <laughs> like, dated guys pretty much exclusively mm -hmm. since I had the choice to. Um, and that comes up in my life because it's kind of a big part of my life. Um, so it's difficult to go around that. And it doesn't take very long for me to, like, when you said that, like, how, like, um, at this new job that I started, uh, mm -hmm. like I was like, how long do you think it's going to take for me to like say that I'm like gay? And uh, <laughs> you were like, it's going to be today. And I was like, I give it a week. And it was literally that night, which was the craziest night ever. Well, that was also like you had just said, I think maybe that day or the day before that. Uh, like half of your personality is being queer. Definitely. Thus, thus, like that is so important to you that you will have to say it very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, it's I not something that you'll... I will run out of shit to talk about yeah. if I can't talk about queer shit. Yeah, so, um, so like, I was just... I don't know. I'm, I'm my grandmother's kid. I'm, I'm a good betting person. <laughs> betting person. Well, you were right, and that was the weirdest night of my life. But <laughs> that's, that's for another podcast. That's for another podcast. Like, Probably another podcast with a different name yeah called we're scared of magic please. we're scared of magic please save us <laughs> it'll be a it'll be a spin-off of, of this podcast you think you're in control but i'm in control <laughs> yeah so a common thread and something that we kind of want to end on is future generations mm -hmm. and i feel like in this your situation lends itself a lot better towards yeah talking about that yeah, working with kids kind of, like, I, I thought it would make me a little bit more pessimistic about things. Uh, it has made me pessimistic about memes, um, <laughs> because I had kids who were just, like, always trying to show me memes, uh, especially at night when I want, all I wanted was to go to sleep and I was like, don't show me memes. I even started telling them I was allergic to memes. I was like, I am allergic to most memes. Don't try. Uh, and then I would start coughing and like, and stuff. Um, was it the whooping cough? Yes, it was the whooping cough. Good. And I, I, I just got tired of it. But anyway, working with them and seeing the way that they talk to each other, the way that they 
talk to even older people like college students and everything about these issues they're interested they're engaged um they want to be engaged uh especially in like it was a camp for smart kids like kids who are doing well at school who push themselves and know that like they they want to do something with their lives like um and it it's just really nice to see that almost genuine interest like they have given up three three weeks of their summer to take a college level class uh and they they want to learn new things they want to be engaged and knowing that that also applies to to learning things about the queer community or being more, just more open-minded in that sense is so amazing and uh, i saw a lot of kids start to doubt things that they had been ta taught at home and at school and it's it's fascinating being there being kind of the first line of defense when they start doing that because it's it's you you walk a very fine line like you can't be just like yeah all the things your parents have said are, is, are wrong like it's it's more about teaching them to see both sides and and take in the information and then come up with their own reaction their own understanding of it one of my favorite experiences was one of my students was working on a slam piece about being uh, about uh, the word faggot and uh, how it had been used against her and everything and it it hit me in a lot of different levels because she had come out to her class her like sixth grade class or something as bisexual without any fear like she didn't think there would be any backlash and then there were some kids who were uh, calling her names and she read to me this poem and she is already engaging with these topics and these conversations that that we've had that like older queer people are having about that type of thing and i remember for uh the word faggot she, she was just she noticed that a lot of her other queer friends would also use it as in a way of trying to reclaim it and everything kind of the same way that like uh the generation before us did did it with uh queer queer yeah um and and like that was something that i like tried to tell her like i was just like think think about it in in the like think about it in the framework of the word queer and what happened with that and why faggot shouldn't go through that same uh what what is what is harming about faggot that queer uh didn't have and stuff like that and and it's just like she's thinking about these things she's working on bettering herself uh through that and that's not something i started doing until like what three years ago like almost barely any time has passed <laughs> yeah, since that so oh my god yeah i like i as much as i like harbor a lot of anger towards my younger self 
I also know that I did not have the resources. Yeah. And I was also in a like kind of super toxic um, environment that was not conducive to what I was doing. And mm-hmm. within what I could, I did find my like outlets and like MySpace and like YouTube and just watching old gay actors talk on talk shows. Like yeah. I like I found my way and I had some sort of outlet and it was better than the last generation to the point where like now people that I talk to who are gay and older and not out to anybody, like it just like blows their mind that I like I like, oh yeah, no, of course I've talked about like pretty much every sexual experience I've ever had with my friends. Yeah. Like um like to me that's not even a big deal. Like like of course I'm out to my friends. Yeah. Like there are people but, that there's not very many people that I'm not out to, but like it's like accidental. It's not on purpose yeah. anymore. And that wasn't that wasn't something that they had. Like that wasn't something that they were granted. Uh, the because like you could or be that talking. they were granted without having to live in like red light districts. Yeah, yeah. Like what I was gonna mention was without the fear of mentioning something and then the next day someone coming into their house with a bat and like beating the hell out of them like yeah. that still exists in a lot of senses <laughs> yeah um but but with certain people and everything like they're it, it's it's become somewhat safer somewhat safer mm-hmm. so yeah <clears throat> it'll get better and there always have to be the people who have to yeah. fight and the the thing about like these kids is they, they, we, like, us and them and everyone after us are going to have to fight like hell right now, uh, especially with everything that's been happening with the current administration um, white and, yeah, like, Nazis walking around the streets, not afraid be, to be called Nazis anymore. Like, there, there's a lot of things we need to fight, and... And learning and being open to things now and pushing forward is the only way that we're gonna be able to do it. So, yep, I would agree. So, I would say that there ends the They Then podcast for today. <laughs> yeah, whooping cough will be the only one on this podcast from now on. Yeah, I've I've been officially fired from our dumb podcast that I came up with. Whatever. Bye. Some more noises. Bye. <laughs> we are fine. We are good. Jesus is taking care of us. We have good credit scores. We are beautiful on the inside. Out and in the middle. This has been the They Them Podcast. What do you want to do about that one episode that we recorded last week? We're going to scrap it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm so okay with that. Fuck, I don't ever want to think about that episode again. Me neither.